But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3.15, NIV Translation. Welcome to the Defender's Digest. Good morning, Defenders. Happy Monday. It is great to be back in your earbuds once again. Looking forward to this time together as we look up towards God, looking forward towards our week to spend this time in a motivational, dedicational, inspirational conversation about the glory of God and His goodness and how it can fill our lives. Hey, I'm excited for the conversation we're going to have today. And today we're actually going to have two conversations. I want to share two ideas with you. Uh, Both of them felt like they would have made a, a pretty short episode, so I decided to put them both into one episode. And my goal is that it will have a similar runtime to most of our recent episodes. It seems to be what people like about that 10-minute mark. So that's going to be our goal today. And the first thing we're going to talk about is something about self-improvement. It's kind of about the idea of personal growth and the healthy way of uh, comparison. So what I want to talk about is the reality that uh, we find ourselves either jealous of other people or if we're in a healthier mental state, admiring certain qualities about other people. And this is just a natural part of living life amongst other humans is that we recognize other humans as being better than us at certain things. And we find those things to be admirable. And if you're really introspective and you're really reflective and you look into it and you think about it, you're going to realize that the majority of the time, the thing that you admire in people is something that they do, that they do it better than you do, and it's close to an ideal. So we talked a little bit last week about specific ideals. Uh, I've talked past uh, when talking about the Warriors Garden, I've talked about ideals. And the reality is that when we admire something about somebody, it's because that thing that we admire is fundamentally admirable. It's, it's close to or closer to the way one ought to be. And that's something that we seek to emulate and we seek to replicate. And this is actually a Christian idea that Paul espoused. Paul said that you should do your best to imitate me as I do my best to imitate Christ. So it is actually healthy as long as you're doing it from a healthy place to consider and care about what other people are doing and to try to emulate the things that they do that are better reflections of Christ than how you do the same or similar things. So the reality, the reality is we recognize ideals in other people. We recognize people as being closer to an ideal than we are. And that makes sense because perfection is the realization of all possible ideals. That's something that I said in the last episode, and I want to talk a little bit more about it right now. Perfection is the realization of all possible ideals. So when we think about that, it's the ideal of self-sacrifice lived out to its fullness. The ideal of... Love, love thy neighbor, lived out to its fullness. The ideal of being the strong fatherly figure lived out to its fullness. Regardless of what ideal we're talking about, when it's pushed to its extreme, that is where we find Jesus. So one of the insane things about this idea, when you really start to consider it, is that this idea can be exceptionally powerful for people even if they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God because all you have to do is think that you you could think that Jesus Christ is a myth you could think he's not even real but when you think that Jesus Christ is the realization of all possible ideals you can picture that and you can think about that and you can recognize that 
if I am to do my best on this planet, I am to emulate that. I am to reflect that. I am to copy and mimic that and strive to be that. And as soon as you know how to articulate and you know how to think about it, you can recognize any particular ideal and what it would be in a certain circumstance to live that out. And you can move towards that. So in a sense, the idea of Jesus Christ is incredibly powerful for the lives of individuals, even if they reject the reality of Jesus Christ. Now, the unfortunate truth, obviously, is that in that scenario, that person would only grow as a person on this side of eternity, and then they would still not see eternal bliss. So it is still absolutely crucial that we understand who Jesus Christ actually is. My point is simply that as Christians, we're also called to reflect Christ. Christian means Christ-like. We want to be reflections of his image. We want to strive towards that ideal. And this is, in a sense, the contradiction of the Christian faith. It is that simultaneously, Jesus Christ took on all the burdens of sin that we could not possibly bear, and he bore those for us so that we don't have to. He bore that. He, he took on the burdens of the world so that the people he loved didn't have to. That's you and me. He took on our sins because we weren't capable of it, and we still aren't. And that, that's one truth. Another truth, that, that these both live as reality simultaneously, is that as Christians... We strive to be as Christ-like as possible. We recognize he is the embodiment of perfection and therefore unattainable for us. And yet we strive for that. That is a fundamental truth. Do we do this so that we can achieve eternal life? No, we don't. We have eternal life in knowing him and believing in him. No, we do this because it's obviously the right thing to do. And we do this because it's living out all the commandments by loving our neighbor and loving our God. We do this because there's no other way that we would choose to live in this world. We do this because we know that this is the right way to live. Okay. We, we, we imitate him and we do our best to reflect him and we, and we strive to meet the standard that we know we can't meet. But that's a part of the beauty is that that means that we can keep growing our entire lives. We can keep improving our entire lives. And I believe we will continue to grow in the same manner for the rest of eternity. I'd like to switch the conversation over a little bit. I'm actually still talking about an ideal in a way, but I want to have a conversation about a story from the Bible about a specific disciple. Usually, when people are asked to name as many of the disciples as they can name, three come to mind very quickly. We, we think of James, John, and Peter very quickly. And then we kind of start to peter off about the other nine. Uh, when I ask Christians uh, to name the disciples, the one that I want to talk about today is one that I often hear being forgotten. And that's kind of the beauty that makes me even want to bring it up. So I'm going to start this by reading some scripture to you. I'm going to read to you uh, out of the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, verses 35 through 41. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God! When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. 
So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and whom had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. John 1, 35-41, NIV translation. So, Andrew, according to the Gospel of John, Andrew is the first disciple to spend any real time with Jesus. And after a day with Jesus, he knows we have found the Messiah. He goes on to be with Jesus for the entirety of his ministry. He goes on to be with Jesus for the entirety of his ministry while his brother Peter becomes a focal part of Jesus' narrative. And he doesn't. Many Christians have a hard time naming him when they're listing disciples. Let's fast forward a little bit past the scriptures, after the resurrection. Let's fast forward to Andrew's death. How did Andrew die? Well, Andrew was whipped and crucified on an X-shaped cross. He was not nailed to the cross, but bound by cords to prolong his suffering. His followers reported that when he saw the cross, he said, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it. And then he continued to preach to his tormentors for three days until he died from exhaustion on the cross. This is obviously horrific and sad. Uh, It's also beautiful and admirable. There's so much to be admired in Andrew's story. We don't have any reason to believe that any of the disciples did any of the actions that they did after Christ's resurrection for the purpose of worldly praise. You know, those who seek worldly praise have their reward in this life. Um, we, don't, we don't have any reason to believe that any of the disciples uh, were seeking worldly praise as they served to grow God's kingdom. Uh, but we do know that some of the disciples became relatively famous um, and are still known and praised today. And some of the disciples became relatively forgotten. When considering how we ought to live our lives as Christians, we have options available to us. We could strive to be like Peter, who was the shepherd of Christ's flock. We could try to be part of something huge and and be leaders in a way. And there's good in that. But when we do that, I want to make sure that we remember that we are not doing this for our own glory. And we are not doing this for earthly reward, but for heavenly reward. I think a healthier mindset to have for that very reason, even if you end up growing a large ministry, is to try to be like Andrew. The guy who first met Jesus prior to any of the other disciples and said, we have found the Messiah and then faithfully followed him for the rest of his life and even till his death, crucified and preaching the glory of Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross. And then, relatively forgotten. I think there's beauty in that. His rewards are in heaven. Peter's rewards are in heaven too. To me, Andrew is an exceptionally inspiring story amongst exceptionally inspiring stories. Because if you you study any of the disciples, they, they all have exceptionally inspiring stories. To me, Andrew stands out in that. Um, that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I love you all. God bless.
Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'd be happy to know that we are also growing our Patreon and we're also growing our YouTube channel. So if you like content like this, there's places where you can get even more content like this. If you really liked our sneak peek on the Warrior's Garden that we did about a month back, then you'll be excited to know that we are over halfway to our pledge goal in order to do a full study on the Warrior's Garden. We currently have five patrons and between them we are bringing in $114 a month towards this ministry which is amazing. Our pledge goal to do the Warrior's Garden is just $200, so we're more than halfway there. And we're going to be doing, because we met our first pledge goal of $100, we're going to be doing a study on love inside of our private Patreon area in the coming weeks. So if you are really enjoying this content, then a couple things you can do to make sure that we are able to keep putting this kind of content out is you can go ahead and give us a review on uh, Spotify, and you can prayerfully consider supporting us on Patreon. Love you guys. See you next week.